0: Welcome to the show, great to be with you. Paul George, Deacon Bear in studio.
1: What's hey, going hey, on? Hey, hey, <laughs> hey. I got some new music. I don't know.
0: I don't know what... I don't what... know about this one. <laughs> I have no idea what mood you're in.
1: Well, I was trying to do something like Lent, you know, it's spring and it's like new life and let's get some... And uh, Is it? I went a little far on the, um, the spectrum. I you mean. didn't vet the music, is what, what happened? Well, I listened to the first little bit and I didn't hear this part... <laughs>
0: Seriously. This is the life that I have to deal with, everyone who's listening. I get to deal with a rogue deacon who just <clears throat> sometimes is out of control. I am, um, like a bear,
1: like a wild just bear. A
0: wild bear. So thanks, everyone, for listening in uh, on the podcast, wherever you are, or on the radio here in Acadiana. Great to be with you today. We're still smack in the middle of Lent. Oh, yeah, um, right week, up in it. Week three, I actually... Just got back from Denver, Colorado. Oh, how was it? Did I love Denver. A, yeah, well, there's snow in the ground. I had mowed my grass here in Louisiana and mm-hmm. then left and went
1: Built a snowman. to
0: Denver. There was snow on the ground. Beautiful, but different. Mm-hmm. Did a two-day, two-night parish mission at a parish awesome. there. It was great. Because it's Lent. It is Lent, but here's what was really and unique about it so for anybody who's in a parish or you know active or <clears throat> on a team or staff or whatever one of the reasons that i said yes to doing it is that uh you know i i love joining in in doing something where where there's follow-up mm-hmm. you know so like you know i've spent years going give a talk and it's like oh you whatever you inspire someone and then probably the next day they forget what you said they're like yeah. oh that was good or not or whatever but, you know, like, then what? What happens? Yep. You know, like, is there is there real change that happens? Is there real progress in people or in the community, right? Yeah. And so I've said no to more things than I've said yes to, but the things I say yes to that's more intentional about it, like, you know. So anyway, long story short. Well,
1: before you continue the story, I just want to let you know you do a great job of follow-up. I don't know what you're talking about because when I was 15 mm-hmm. – At a Steubenville South conference, Paul George was 25 on a stage, inspiring the heaven into me, and then some years later, you decided to start following up every week with me on the Paul George show. (laughs) So you do follow up, sir. Well, unintentionally. But anyway, continue to We met
0: and didn't didn't know we knew each other, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Right, right. But your follow-up is incredible. Your follow-up
1: game is on point.
0: (laughs) We've been friends for like 15 years. Yeah. It's been great. It's been great. So anyway, this parish is doing a, a restructuring with a, with a leadership team that doesn't include just the priest. They have a competent staff, a team, nice. an executive team, a leadership team that's moving the parish forward. They've, they've redefined their mission. They have clarity in, in what they're doing. Whoa. And so when I was talking to uh, Tyler, who works there on their leadership team, Shout out to Tyler Tracy. Wonderful man. What parish uh, is this? St. <clears throat> Francis Cabrini okay. in, in Littleton. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, um, they they were building in the parish mission to go uh, in conjunction with where they're going as a parish in their strategic plan. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, it wasn't just like, hey, come give two talks and like inspire people. And then like it's just a regular thing. They actually built a mission um, like people like signed up or SVP'd. They came with intention. Um, they sat at tables. Um, and so the night was built in each night. Like, okay, I give a talk, but it was on a theme. And that theme was related to their strategic plan, spiritually, mm-hmm. you know. And then, actually, then they spent part of the mission night working at their tables to implement this into their life. And so the first night, they spent time working on their own personal testimony, Oh wow! What's their identity in Christ? What's their story? How did God change their life? And then how do they share that? Like
1: in small groups at a table. Yeah, that's awesome. And so
0: it was—it was like intentional to like move their community forward, right, Mm -hmm. and move people forward. And Mm -hmm. then the second night, the same thing, different theme, uh, different motivation, different spiritual, and then and then different interactive that was moving them. And so it just felt right, like it just felt good, intentional, it felt like it was part of the parish. I'm gonna leave, they're gonna forget me, and they're gonna remember their parish mm-hmm. and Jesus and what they're doing there, and that's really what it's supposed to be about,
1: yeah, yeah, it is, and you know I've been thinking over the years as you have as this um what is the difference between let's say Catholic celebrityism and like what Saint Paul did, you know right, Saint Paul. He he did the circuit. He was the first and to then really get out there.
0: He man. He would get on a ship and go. That's and...
1: right. He'd be shipwrecked and everything else. But but it was real, and there was. But he was. I mean, he wasn't a celebrity. He wasn't. You know, there wasn't no Facebook at the time or Twitter or whatever. But I think it's. I think it's what you just described. Is 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 the idea that the church really is a communion of friends in the Lord, mm-hmm. just helping each other get get some traction, get some. St- some steps in the right direction to what the Lord's asking. Right. And that sometimes the visiting preacher, the visiting um, person who can, can share a vision from somewhere else can help a community take a step that the Lord has them on, but they can't do it all. Right. Right. But they can do a very important part um, in a community that is moving, Mm -hmm. that is on the way to the Lord's will for them. Right. And that, that I think, is the difference. So yeah. kudos to you, sir, for making the difference. Well, I mean,
0: I just was able to fold into what they were doing. It right. Felt, felt right and good. And this is where parishes need to be going. They need to have a, a plan. They need to be intentional about the way that they do parish life and from everything to, to liturgy to evangelization. Like, we we have long been past the age of Christendom, mm-hmm. and we're now in the age of apostolic mission. Mm-hmm. I mean, Chris...
1: Wait, have you read that book? I just got that book.
0: You just got it, really? You got it? Yeah, it's, I mean... Nice. I just summed up the book for you. You did? (laughs) I mean, the title (laughs) says it all. Like, And if you've been in in ministry and mission long enough, like, the title, you know exactly what it is. Yep. And maybe for you guys listening, like, the reality... What the book basically says is this, is, like, we have gone through an age of Christendom where, like, Christ and religion was, like, part of the culture. It it was just, like... It was, it, it was just everything. It was culturally relevant and significant through the ages. And now we're past that, like Mm -hmm. we're past the culture being driven by faith and Christ and the church. And, and we're in an age of what they call apostolic mission. The apostles, you know, going out to preach the good news, to like re-engage the culture. That's where we're at. Yeah. So parishes have to be
1: intentional about moving in that direction and not just saying, Oh, we just expect people to show up. That is the shift. And and the book is uh From Christendom to Apostolic Mission by Monsignor Shea, who's the the wonderful noble leader of Saint Mary's University up there in um Minnesota? Minnesota. That's where the little drinks are. Minnesota. Um mm. but yeah, it's 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 exactly that paradigm shift. You know, Pope Francis, one of his early um efforts in the church, this this joy of the gospel and mm-hmm. apostolic exhortation that came out, he said that straight up. He said, there needs to be a paradigm shift exactly that. Um, we need to be on mission yeah. all the time. And it is quite different. And I think, you know, like applying it to what I was bringing up with Catholic celebrities versus the traveling preacher, that that is kind of the difference too, where if it is Christendom, we might just have people we know and love coming around and everybody who already loves Jesus goes to the talk and we're all, yay, this is fun. Like Mm -hmm. that is kind of what Christendom looks like. Yeah. But if it's mission, then people are sent for a purpose and a reason to move the church forward in a given area that we want to go from 5% Catholic to 10% Catholic. We want to go from so many people know the Lord Jesus and now more people know the Lord Jesus. That's the kind of work we need to be about everywhere in our, in our state in our country and in the West.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you look at Europe, I mean, the majority of Europe is no longer, right. you know, going to church, following the faith where, you know, that used to not be the case. And so it's just a reality. It's a, it's not a depressing thought. It is, it is a, it is a reality that should motivate us to be on mission for Christ. So it was easy and great to fold into that. And it was beautiful. So anyway, that is awesome. I'm back mowing my grass this week. Uh, do you, by the way, have a Have you seen?
1: What did you say? That is so interesting.
0: Oh, for real, though.
1: I don't think you've seen this. Okay. Um, I'm guessing, but probably, probably not. There was a factory um, that received a huge financial fine. It was it was a food factory. There was an unfortunate chocolate accident.
0: Hmm. Okay.
1: And this this is a okay. This is a sad, scary situation. I'm sure. So don't. But everybody's okay. Okay. So I don't know if we have enough distance uh, between the event and now to laugh about it. Maybe. But here's here's the situation. In a factory that creates food, there's lots of huge amounts of everything, right? Mm-hmm. Including chocolate. Okay. And this chocolate was in this huge tank. Yep. Chocolate tank. Chocolate Willy, tank. Willy Wonka type stuff. Yep. right? And uh, some something was going on where personnel ended up falling into the chocolate tank. Now, you could drown from that, okay? So I'm not making light of it. Okay. Um, and that is scary. <clears throat> but they fell into the chocolate tank, and they had to cut a hole at the bottom of the tank to get them out. Like, they couldn't, like, fish them out for some reason. I don't know. Um, It was one of these... Uh, it was a Mars... You know the Mars bar? Yeah, it was one of their factories. And uh, so, what happened? Like what? <laughs> well, I mean, it was it was it was a bizarre scene where it ends up that chocolate has to be spilled all over the factory. Like they cut a hole in this big vat. Is uh, that the word vat? Yeah, I guess a, you, of can call, you can chocolate. You could call it a vat. And then this worker emerges covered in chocolate, and then there's a huge spill, and um, someone almost died from chocolate, but didn't. Praise God. Um, they were lifted with, by a uh, helicopter to the nearest hospital, still covered in the chocolate, you know, and just kind of arrive, uh, covered in the delicious stuff. So this is, uh, something, this doesn't happen every day. I don't think death by chocolate or near death. By but chocolate. nobody died. Nobody died. <clears throat> praise, praise God. No permanent damage, no brain damage or anything. Um, I assume there'll be a, a slight delay in production of Mars bars. They're probably over that. I don't want I don't want stocks to fall based on what I'm saying right now. I mean, if you could be
0: covered <laughs> in anything, I mean, is it chocolate like the best thing that you could be covered by?
1: It sounds like a pretty non-violent substance, you know, and you could eat your way out of it maybe. But they couldn't. Yeah, they couldn't in this situation.
0: They couldn't do it. Yeah, I wouldn't want chocolate. I'm not a big chocolate fan, by the way. Um,
1: I know you're not a sugar fan.
0: No. But if I had to be covered like in anything, and it wouldn't be, I don't know, it, it would probably be like mm, bacon.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ba- yeah.
0: Bacon. Not the grease, not the hot grease. Definitely not covered. the grease. I could eat my way out of bacon.
1: <laughs> like if you just wrapped around, like, Whatever, like a spider like got a, a hold of you and just A bat of it bacon just fell on yeah. me,
0: covered me. <laughs> You would eventually. To eat your way out.
1: I would eat my way out of bacon,
0: <laughs> but chocolate. would just be like, let me die. Like I don't even care enough. Yeah. To eat my way out of it.
1: Well, if I can be honest, I think the fine is a little low for what happened. What, what's the fine? You want to guess? Mm, Ten thousand dollars. You' pretty dang close. Fourteen thousand five hundred. Uh, dollars. You didn't know I knew about factory fines, did I you? didn't know. Like, you were right on. I mean. You must have a lot of experience. I mean, I do. You know,
0: I, <laughs> the, the the odd thing about me is, you know, in my consulting work, I just have conversations with we, people from all over. hmm And I would know, I I don't know every fine, but it just, I just know. <laughs> you nailed that one, man. I just know, like, there's a fine. See, and I was I, expecting, kinda,
1: like, 100000 I mean, when someone almost dies, right? Right. But. $14,500.
0: Right. Like I have a friend who works in a factory. You you never get the ground meat and like in, in the package of the ground meat, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. The, the foam package. Yeah. And in the bottom of the foam package, there's this little pad. Mm-hmm. I have a friend that works in a factory that makes just those pads for the world. That's it. Just that.
1: That's their lane.
0: That is their lane. <laughs> And And they they get fines all the time. So breaks, someone slips, trips, and falls, or whatever the case may be. I mean, it's fascinating. That is fascinating. You know, so I'd be covered in bacon. Okay, let's uh, take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Healthcare that works better and costs less? Seems like an oxymoron, right? Take a minute and check out our sponsor, Solidarity HealthShare. Members say that faith-based health sharing is a much better fit than insurance all while costing less. Prices start at $384 a month for families. Call now to see how much you can save. 844-387-8533. That's 844-387-8533. Welcome back to the show. Great to be with you, Paul George, Deacon Bear in studio. Thanks for listening in on the podcast, on the radio, KLFT here in Acadiana. Uh, we love it down here. We do. I mean, it's great. Spring is here in the midst of Lent. You're in a good mood. Your music choice. Oh, thanks. Like You're in an interesting mood today. I can't figure it out.
1: I, uh, yeah, it's just like I want some new life, right? New music. Let's Let's just do the new thing.
0: Yeah, so those of you guys who don't know Adam and... And because this is a radio podcast, we're not on video because he can't he can't figure out how to put (laughs) us on or he just doesn't want to. He's just like, Nah, do enough. I do enough for this show. (laughs) Here's what you need to know about Adam. You can't see him, is that Adam smiles with his eyes
2: i didn't know i
0: can tell when you're like thinking something funny or about to do or like your mood like you smile with your eyes and i think in part it's like your beard covers a lot of your face it's true but you do smile a lot like you're a happy person in general Mm -hmm. um but you smile with your eyes first like Mm. i can see it's like this you know like if i was a teacher and you were a student of mine Right? Mm -hmm. I'd be like, he's about to do something. He's about to get in trouble. He's about to say something. (laughs) He's a con-eye, is what they would say.
1: Yeah. And sometimes this um, works really well. You know? That tendency I have. Well, it's kind of like I wear my heart on my sleeve. Mm -hmm. And I'm also like pretty even keel. Like I'm not moody. I'm not going to be like this one day, that one day. Right. So if something is off, it's like obvious. Right. That's where it doesn't always help. But- 99% 99% of the time, it's very helpful. People find, uh, you know, like my wife and kids appreciate kind of the, I can expect what dad is thinking or saying or how he'll behave in a room. Mm-hmm. I don't have to wonder who, which dad I'm getting when I walk in the it's living room. pretty
0: predictable. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I was thinking about that vat of chocolate being spilled <laughs> all over. And, uh, and the relation to uh,
1: this this idea of apostolic mission. Wow. Okay. This is a good one. I can't wait.
0: And I was really honestly <laughs> I, I know you're thinking this is a stretch here. No,
1: no, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm fired up.
0: I mean, I I really think we're entering into an age of the church where we have got to be completely and totally covered in the Holy Spirit. Oh my gosh. Like just <laughs> That's so good. Like really? I'm like, so proud of you. Like we like honestly, like I think we've yeah. Like for the most part, like in the last few decades, or maybe even more, that the church in general—not overall—like you know, like it has just not been mission-oriented in a sense, and and empowered, you know, people to really, you know, live out their di- uh, discipleship through their baptism, mm-hmm. uh, to be missionaries out in the world, and and the only way to do that is the same way the apostles did it: was to be filled with the Spirit of God. That's right to be full of grace, to be covered in God's grace and the power of the Holy Spirit, which is God living in us. It's not complicated in a sense of, like, who is the Holy Spirit? Like, what is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit's God. The third person of the Trinity, uh, fully God, living in us. And we receive, actually, uh, FYI, the Holy Spirit at baptism. Mm -hmm. And in our confirmation, we're, we're sealed with the Holy spirit to what? To like to be activated in our faith, mm-hmm. to be bold, to live it out, <clears throat> <clears throat> to be covered.
1: Well, if the, I could carry the, chocolate the of, <laughs> if I could carry <laughs> the analogy further, it Please. should almost kill us. If not kill us. Hmm, and man. that's one of the reasons we don't do it. Well, it actually should kill us.
0: Honestly, yeah. like the old self should be yep. dead and the new life should come. Yeah. Right. Like we should come out of the chocolate a different person. That's right. Like I almost died, and now I have new life. Yep. And and that's what the scripture says. Like um, <clears throat> the old has passed away. Behold, new things have come. Like I am a new creation in Christ. Um, and I, I I have died to the old self, which is what happens at baptism, and I've risen a new life. Right, mm-hmm. and we have conversion to that over and over in our life through confession, through receiving the you. The old is passing away. I'm getting rid of the old, and and new life is coming. This is is this not what Lent is?
1: Yeah, it's exactly what Lent is. Is this
0: not what we're doing at Lent? Mm-hmm. Right, like in, in a sense, like we become like this. I don't know if they have locusts everywhere, casitas. Mm. You know, what I'm it's more of a local thing. Locusts, they they get in these they. They, they're in these shells and they're on the mm-hmm. tree and then all of a sudden they pop out and it's always around spring. It's beautiful. That's right? right? And you find these empty shells of the locust. It's exactly like the locust is shaped and they, they're they stuck to the trees or whatever. And there's nothing in there. Literally like this locust has, has been given new life, has resurrected from its old shell into new life. Mm-hmm. That's us. Like that is lit. Like we're just, we, we, something in us dies that doesn't need to be part of our life anymore and we're given new life in Christ to what? To just hold that to ourselves? No.
1: Right? Yeah, this reminds me a lot of Pentecost and what happened, which is the end of this whole season. I mean, the true end of Lent is Pentecost. Um, The movement we're all on now, the journey we're all on now brings us to that day. Because while we're journeying with the Lord on his cross, past death the cross, for sure, and then celebrating his resurrection, for sure, but where does all that lead? To Pentecost. And what happened at Pentecost? The apostles did what the Lord told them to do. They they weren't disobedient. He said, wait till you receive the power from on high. Um, Stay here in Jerusalem till then. And so they gathered at the upper room, being obedient to the Lord. But they were also full of fear. And one of the reasons, one of the motivations they had was fear of being killed. Fear of the Jews sure. is what it's called. Yeah. And it's not like in our parishes and in our schools and our families, we're, not, we're being disobedient to the Lord necessarily, right? Like if he says, you know, Mass is very important, of course it's very important. The sacraments are very important. Yes, it's very important. Um, you know, making sure you do the, the things you need to do as a Catholic family, parish or school, whatever, that's all very important you could also be obedient with a lot of fear. Clinging to what you know you should be doing, too afraid of what you might be called to do. Hmm. And Pentecost put an end to that. It did. It was a death to that fear. That's exactly what I said in my mission. Really? Yeah. I think, I think we're on to something here. I mean, we
0: might be on the same page. <laughs> I mean, we might be reading the same gospels.
1: It could be. It could Hopefully be. Hopefully we're covered in the same chocolate. It could be that we're like... In line with like the well, same Christians, Christian teaching. <laughs> could we be church? Christians? Right, but but Pentecost was the day when they did burst out of the locust shell. They the chocolate vat was opened, and it spilled everywhere, <laughs> and emerged the same Saint Peter that was gathered in fear is now boldly proclaiming Jesus. Not afraid to die. Not afraid to have it kill him. It's not that he was being disobedient to the Lord before, but he was obedient with fear. Yeah. Now he was obedient without fear, and it's a huge difference.
0: Yeah, and it's not like fear or doubt goes away, so let's just own it. The reality is we step through that. Like, we walk through it. How? Not by our own power, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. Like, Lord, okay, uh, this is kind of scary. I've never done this before. Or, man, you're asking me to be courageous. Give me the grace. Um, And, you know, I was, during my mission, uh, one of the night, like the second night was everyone, so I talked about mission for the second night. The first night was about our identity in Christ and how that has transformed us, how, how, how God has transformed us, and what is our conversion, like what, and coming up with your story. So the second night was, about being on mission with Christ. And then I had everyone at their tables come up with their own personal mission statement. And then they shared that with each other. And I was walking around to the different tables and and this one older lady, almost tears in her eyes, was just so cute, was like, you know, I have clarity on my mission. She goes, I just don't, I just don't have the courage. Wow. And it was really, really, really authentic and vulnerable and very cute, you know because I talked about also like no matter how young or old you are in this room like like we only have a certain amount of time left so like mm-hmm. no excuse that I'm too old to be on mission so I just threw that out the door and I said here's what we're going to do we're going to learn how to pray to the holy spirit that god just gives you the grace to have courage right like like you're just going to like give you the 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 spirit to, to walk through when you're afraid. And and she just, you know, it was just a really awesome conversation, you mm-hmm. know, and, and it was like it's not too late for you to have the courage you've always wanted to have, you know? Wow. And that's what God wants to give us, all, all of us, you know? The courage to what? Like live the life he calls us to every day, to, to approach people, to love people, to have conversations with people, to push through areas of our own life of brokenness or intimacy or vulnerability like the spirit of god gives us
1: all those things when you're naming the exact crossroads there because in all those experiences of our daily life as we live our life with our families with our co-workers with our parish when we live in our just our daily christian walk we're either going to cling to what the lord called us in the past and we're we're positive. Mm -hmm. Right, like I know the Lord wants me to go to confession. Right, I know the Lord wants me to go to mass every Sunday. I know the Lord wants us praying the rosary. These are things that are we know we've been called to, or we could be reaching for what the Lord is calling us to do now. The Lord is calling us to do that I haven't yet heard, right? And that's the scary. Place it to is go. a scary place. It's much easier to cling in fear to what I know he's called me to in the past, but to reach out with vulnerability and say, what is the Lord calling our family to now? That's a totally different way to live the Christian walk.
0: That's right. And that that that's mission. That is mission. Be covered in chocolate. That's <laughs> All right, do, you, do you have a, uh, a weird Catholic stuff?
1: Ooh, what? What y'all talking about? Chocolate Because You're weird. Weird Catholics. Weird Catholics. Ah! All right. So, um, I always love to hear weird stories about saints I know, but never knew the story. So, there's one you and I know, St. Ambrose. Yeah. Of Milan.
0: Old dude. Old dude. Been around for a long time. Yeah.
1: Fourth century, um, the first bishop of Milan. Mm. Um,. He's the one who converted St. Augustine.
0: Ooh. Wait, was he
1: in your... Ambrose wasn't big in your Ambrose, book. Augustine Augustine is. was, but you mentioned Ambrose. I've been to that. Milan. Beautiful cathedral there that I've seen in pictures. Mm-hmm. You've seen it in person. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, outstanding. Yeah. Anyway, so this is about him, and I've never heard this story before. It's pretty weird. Okay. So tradition has it that um, when he was a baby... Little baby Ambrose. A swarm of bees settled on his face. Sounds so cute, baby Ambrose. Baby Ambrose. All these bees settled on his face and just like came to rest on him.
0: While he was a baby.
1: While he was a baby. Which I would imagine like if I was a parent or something, this would be like a life-threatening situation. Right. Swarm of bees. Sort of like when
0: a few weeks few shows ago, I talked about that owl that attacked me when I was a kid. Yes,
1: okay. that was something. Yeah. So these bees fly in on his face, and they don't harm him at all. Mm. In fact, they just hang out on his face for a bit and then leave honey on his mouth. Oh. Your name is like honey. And his father found this honey. And later on, as he began to... His his ministry career, whatever, his father remembered that story and apparently he had the nickname. He started telling people the story.
0: How got, long does a bee have to be on your <laughs> face for it to a leave while.
1: honey? Well how did a few the of
0: parents like like were they just like, Hey
1: That's a great question.
0: We're we're like we had stuff to do. I don't see that. We those came details, back five but, days later yeah. and there was honey on his face. Well somebody like,
1: had to see the bees. I guess they found him with bees on his face. They're like, get away! And then the bees fly off and there's honey left on his mouth. Yeah, but I
0: mean, it's not like, I'm not a bee expert, but like, it's not like a chicken just lays an egg and no, it's like, it boom, there it is. Like,
1: doesn't honey take a while? Oh yeah. So it was a miracle. It was basically. It was pretty, yeah. Okay. Well, so, la- later on, he his father starts telling that story and uh, he I didn't know Saint Ambrose had the nickname, but the Honey Tongue. Honey Tongue? <laughs> honey Tongue. <laughs> That's weird. It's a weird nickname huh. for, like, a hero of yeah. the faith. But. Yeah. But basically, he saw it as a sign from God, his father, as a sign from God from an early age that he was going to one day preach the gospel um, with eloquence wow. and power, which I'm about the power of the Holy Spirit. And boy, did he. Ambrose boy, was cool. Man, he could preach. He, he preached to the emperor and said, you, you bad emperor, you, and, like, converted him. He preached him.
0: so much that he helped convert St. Augustine. That's right. I mean that's that's preaching. Nothing
1: could convert them for Nothing. like years and years,
0: and then no, I mean, Ambrose.
1: Yeah, honey wow. tongue,
0: honey tongue. <laughs> Sounds like a good whiskey. Yeah. Have you had honey tongue? honey tongue whiskey? Honey like a tongue picture whiskey. of Saint Ambrose. That hey, we we always have these really good ideas. We could mix chocolate and honey.
1: <laughs> you could. That's a
0: good mix. You could. <laughs> sort of the theme. Pentecost chocolate the,
1: and honey tongue whiskey. Who.
0: You know, it's interesting, like, the way that God works is, you know, like, I know it sounds crazy, but, like, the Lord gives does give signs and wonders, you know? And, like, Mm -hmm. you know, his parents might have needed that sign that, like, this child was different. Like, God had set apart this child for some reason, shape, Mm -hmm. form, or another. And, of course, he became the first bishop of Milan and a powerful witness of Christ to the world, right? And then converts... You know Saint Augustine was a part of that, and and then Augustine has a huge impact on the world. We're still talking about those two today. By the way, that
1: was yeah. like fourth century. I mean, yeah.
0: a few years ago,
1: a few, yeah. And do you, you remember know, who was the Roman emperor that year? Me neither. That's the point. Exactly. Right? Forget all those people, right. but we're still talking about Ambrose,
0: and that's exactly what's going to happen with you and I. They're going you to think forget so? about us.
1: Yes, that's right. That's you know, right. Like, <laughs> That's true.
0: We'll have all these dead shows that are still out in the world, but <laughs> the archives of the show. But, yeah, I mean.
1: But they won't forget Ambrose.
0: No, and they're not going to forget a lot of these saints, and that's the whole point is, like, these people live such lives for Christ that we're still talking about them today. But the reality is, is and even I wrote in the book Holy Grit, is, like, these lives aren't fictional stories. They're real stories, that inspire us in a way that tells us we can live the same. Yeah. These people aren't any different than us. They were born in original sin, and they had a life, they had a conversion, and they live for Christ. That's our life. It's all going to look a little bit different because we're unique, but it's the same calling through our baptism. Like this week we celebrate St. Dominique Savio, right? Mm. We were talking about him before the show, and you got fired up. You yeah. you're like, "I'm a wimp compared to this guy." Yes. I think he died at 15, because it says at 12 he entered the oratory with St. John Bosco, yeah, who was like, had a massive conversion to all, all the
1: if, through his school. Right? Yeah, and he was so covered in the Holy Spirit, covered in the gospel, on mission, um, that caused him to suffer with his peers. Uh, who were not covered in the Holy Spirit, let's say. Um, and but,
0: we're in Turin, which isn't far from Milan. Right, you're and, right. And St. John Bosco had a school, an oratory, they call it, and, and um, Dominic entered the school at age 12, um, and he already knew he wanted to be a priest, mm-hmm. right? And, uh, <clears throat> you know, he he lived three more years and
1: died, a young age, and, and he's now a saint. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, sometimes we think we know God's will for us, so we go down a path, but we're not wrong, right? Like, he was convicted, the Lord wants me to be a, a priest. Well, God wanted him on that, in that disposition, let's say, right? Mm-hmm. Aspiring to the priesthood helped make him a saint, but he didn't become a priest. No,
0: it says his youth... So any young people listening, or or old, we can be challenged by this. He spent hours wrapped in prayer. Yeah, as a young person, that makes me feel like a wimp. Yeah, I'm like, man, I I got thirty minutes in today. You Mm -hmm. know, I got my prayer time in, man. I'm 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 a good, (laughs) and I'm I'm reading Dominic,
1: and he's like, yeah, hours just wrapped in in prayer, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, well, we can get really caught up and stuck in this idea of I have to find the right path that God wants me on to be able to find his will but that's just not so the the reality is is seeking his will he finds me he finds me on that path like if when I earnestly seek him and what he what I think he wants of me we we're talking about that earlier that bravery to mm-hmm. do what I think God is calling me to do now instead of just clinging to what I know for sure he's called me to I'm not gonna get it right. That's not the point. The point is if I'm moving in that direction toward him, toward his will for my life, and I'm willing to give everything to that, to just dive into the chocolate vat and drown and mm. the chocolate of the Holy Spirit, if I'm willing to do that, Boom. he's going to meet me on that path. And the honey. And direct it. Put honey on my lips. Honey on my lips. There is a song. There is?
0: is like oh, yes. On, on my lips. Yeah, yeah. That's Spirits good. like water. Good memory, man. Yeah, here's the good news for parents uh, who maybe are dealing with maybe a child that's just going through some hard times. Uh, Dominic wasn't didn't fit in. Correct. Uh, he wasn't a troublemaker, obviously, but a lot of kids maybe picked on him. Correct. Uh, so there's two challenges for all of us in his life because we can, again, these saints are like models for us. We can live this way, but he is um, the patron saint of juvenile delinquents. Mm-hmm. You know, so like if you're having trouble with one of your kids, your teenager, you know, like pray specifically for St. Dominic to help your child through a conversion process. Um, and Pope Pius the X um, canonized him and said this. He says, for no one is too young or too old or too anything else to achieve the holiness to which we are all called. Wow. So that's a slap in the face. Yeah. Right, like so yeah. and we were talking about like this this old lady that I encountered at the mission, like it's not not too late, mm-hmm. like to be on mission for Christ, be his disciple, and we're not too young, so or anything else he said,
1: <laughs> <laughs> so else. so no
0: excuse, it's I'm true. too busy, I'm too this, you know, Pisitin says, or anything else, like whatever excuse you got, it really doesn't
1: matter, right, the call is still the same. And everyone can can answer that call or not. Yeah, I mean, uh, his school was not. They didn't just let in like really serious Catholics into the school. The whole point of the Oratory was to find boys that needed fathers mm-hmm. and needed uh, the Lord very deeply. Yep. And they got them all into the same family, and it worked. Uh, he we literally had some of these boys become saints. But mm. it was not an easy journey, and uh, you know, for parents. To me, this this fills me with hope because we do our best to surround our kids with the very best, you know, the holiest examples, the best friends, the hmm. everything they need to, to grow in holiness. And again, you start walking down that path and God corrects it because what Dominic Savio needed to grow in holiness was a bunch of boys who didn't treat him well. Right. <laughs> like, would he be St. Dominic Savio if he didn't have these challenges with his right. other boys? I don't know, but... No, because that was the path the Lord had for him, and it was okay to let him walk down that path. That's right. You know, And so a lot of our kids need to suffer. They need to go through adversity, and there's nothing wrong with that. And what mm-hmm. they need from mom and dad is, is not so much protection all the time, but coaching and mentoring and, and love and support so that they can find the path that God has for them. Because I right. am not their God, right? I'm not my kid's God. That's right. I don't think I am. No, not yet. And um, so, anyway, that fills me with hope. And yeah, praying for his intercession for the many young people. Um, but I can tell you, being being in education, there is a drought of maturity in young, amongst young people because we we don't let them struggle enough. And there's a there is a huge drought. That's it. And they feel it later. They feel it like mid twenties, mm-hmm. early twenties. They really feel that lack of maturity. And we're not doing them any favors.
0: Yeah, because they haven't experienced adversity or failure. They don't know how to navigate through it. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's all the whole point of it. So, okay, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Paying too much for health care and supporting services you don't believe in? Our sponsor, Solidarity HealthShare, has prices that are 60% less than the nation's average cost of health care. Join the nation's leading healthcare sharing ministry built by people of faith, for people of faith, saving money through ethical and affordable health care. Call now to see how much you can save at 844 387 8533. That's Solidarity HealthShare Share, 844 387 8533. Welcome back to the show. Great to be with you, Paul George Deacon Bear. His official name has changed.
1: Yep, on my birth certificate and everything.
0: Yep, it's on your driver's license and your license plate. Now it's B-E-A-R, not
1: B-A-R-E. Just so we know.
0: Which is, Adam and I were actually talking, we were on the phone last week, he was calling me, and we were talking about something. So he was driving, I was driving, and then I had him on speakerphone. In my car, so I was driving hands-free for all those safety nerds out there. Me too, hands-free, me too. And so we're both on speaker driving, and then all of a sudden I just hear a loud bang. Oh, you
1: heard it? You heard the bang? (laughs) Yes. That makes sense, actually. I (laughs) heard a
0: huge bang, and Adam say, oh, no. (laughs) Jeepers. Jeepers, for lack of better words, and I just got in a wreck. I'll call you back. Mm Mm-hmm. And he hung up and I was like, what, what just happened? So you just, you're driving and you got smoked from behind, but you're okay.
1: Oh yeah. I'm totally fine. Other person's fine.
0: Your car has duct tape all over it. I had
1: to put duct tape on my back hatch for when it rains. Cause you (laughs) don't want rain in the vehicle. Yeah. Um, Which could
0: ruin it even more. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 So that did happen. Yep. Didn't happen often to me. I had to remember, but that was the second driving accident I've been in. While well, I'm driving.
0: You seemed, so when we were talking, we were talking about a lot of things and, you know, some important things, life things, and you seemed distracted. So when you, when I heard the noise, I was like, oh man, I totally distracted him and he got in a wreck and it was his fault. Oh no, no, no. And not. then you texted me and you're like, I'm good. Uh, I got hit from behind. I was like, "Oh okay. Uh, well, everything, everything's fine.
1: No, it was not. Definitely not my fault. Of any I thought it was my fault. Oh, not your fault either. Is, is what I was thinking. Not your fault. It was, it was actually uh, maybe part of God's plan. I mean, the, the guy who hit me, young guy, he was pretty frazzled at first, like mm-hmm. flustered, never been in an accident before. And I was able to calm him down and let him know if it was going to be all right. Did he I... offer
0: you some money under the table?
1: Uh, no comment on that one. Really? And then uh, by the end of it, you know, like I was able to. I didn't say you took the money, I said, <clears throat> did he offer you money? Well, if he did, which I'm not saying he did, wink, wink. But if he did, I would not have taken it.
0: Yeah, no, no I know that. <coughs> I know you wouldn't have. <laughs> I'm just saying, there's a lot of times like people will be like, "Hey, uh, I'll, I'll pay you 500 bucks to not call the
1: cops." I've heard of that happening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but by the end of it, we're able to. Uh,
0: and he smiles with his eyes. I was
1: able to share like, you know, my life with him. What do you do? What do you do? And you know, I was able to say, "God bless." And like this, he was not. He was not. Didn't strike me as a church going folk, maybe mm-hmm. so. Yeah. But uh, anyway, hopefully that was g- something good for him, a good experience for him.
0: <laughs> Sometimes it takes a wreck. Sometimes it Like does. being poured in chocolate. You know, new life is what we've been talking <laughs> That's about. That's true. Speaking of, uh, do you have a nerding out segment? <laughs>
2: nerding out, <enough. laughs> such nerd.
0: <laughs> you're out of control. There, you've already experienced new life. There's something going on with you. <laughs> so do you?
1: <laughs> yeah, I want to hear you nerd out on something. Okay. All right. So we mentioned this earlier, and I know you've thought deeply and read deeply, and like this is something you've nerded out on personally. But we're talking about like getting traction in stuff you're afraid of in your life. Let's say like you know. As a in your family, you need to move forward in a certain direction, and like you're kind of stuck or you're afraid, and like you talk, you talk to the old lady about praying for, for courage and all that stuff. But I know you've spent a lot of time reading, writing, talking, thinking about this idea that is very important for Lent, which is when you run out of excuses and you know exactly what God wants of you. You mm. just know it's hard. Yeah. Nerd out a bit. I want to hear step by step. What makes the most sense? When you, when you see it, you see the wall in front of you, you know God wants this of you. It's like a deep interior conversion or something that has to change in your family or something like that. And you're afraid and it's tough, hmm. but you got to do it. Speak to that a bit. Nerd out on that. Well, I actually
0: just had this conversation with a guy. So I'll, I'll give this as an example. And we can sort of cross-pollinate that over our own lives. Speaking of bees... <laughs> Right, oh, be- behave, Paul. So you know, bees do poll, you know, the pollen, and and, and yeah. then and then the honey. Yeah. And I made that connection. Unbelievable. Yes, thank you very much. So I was just having this conversation with a guy who came to see me. We're talking about some issues in <clears throat> in his marriage and some disconnect emotionally with it, him and his wife. Right mm-hmm. over the years, have been married. You know, all the things, busy kids, yada yada. And he's <clears throat> he's had some struggles. Uh, as well in in his own personal life that have affected the marriage, but he's yet to come to grips with that or admit to it or even apologize to it. And -hmm. therefore, like, in some ways, his his wife has pushed away emotionally from him. And, you know, he wants to point the finger at her. Like, she shouldn't be doing that, okay? Mm -hmm. So not to get into specifics, right? But, like, you kind of paint the picture. All that being said... I just told him, I was like, the, actually, the only way to move forward is for you to admit to her your mistakes and apologize, to be vulnerable enough to say, part of the issue here is actually me, what I've done, and I need to own it, admit it, and <clears throat> be very transparent and vulnerable with you. And he's like, I don't know if I can do that. Hmm that sounds too hard. Like you were saying, like, it just seems like, uh, he was just like, that's just going to be really. He goes, that's going to be a really hard conversation. I said, yeah, no, it's going to actually be a really hard conversation. All right. I want to, I want to zoom in on that Cause he's not just apologizing. It's, yeah. it's, he has to get specific about what he's apologizing about, how he's hurt her, what he's done to hurt her. Yeah. And then, but the hard part is going to break, Break open what really needs to happen in their relationship. It's going to build some vulnerability between them.
1: So I want to zoom in on this. So this is this is step one. You're saying when you see the wall and you know you got to plow through, own up to your part. Yes. Okay. You have to. And this is frightening, but not because it's hard to say the words. So zoom in a bit, nerd out a bit. Like what what makes us afraid of this so much?
0: One, we we want to protect ourselves. We're afraid of being hurt and hurting someone else. We're afraid, I think, mostly that if we really admit and are vulnerable with someone we love, that they're not going to love us back. That they're going to reject us. That this is the thought in people's mind, including mine, mm-hmm. right? And then we tell ourselves this this story in our head that, man, if I'm not vulnerable, if, if I act like I don't have it all together, they're, they're going to see me as weak and they're not going to love me. Right? Mm-hmm. And so we want to just pretend like it's all good and we got it all together and and point the finger at someone else or find another way to solve the problem. Pretend like everything's great. Let's just go back to way it was and like not deal with the issue. It's what most people do. Instead of walking through it and being really hard, but actually the end result is that you're actually going to be closer together because the vulnerability is going to build this deep intimacy and union between the two because you're really going to get to a place of like where you're you're expressing deep apology
1: deep vulnerability so what does this matter to our relationship with jesus nerd out on that how does that situation and doing that impact my relationship with jesus at all
0: well i think we experience the same things in the spiritual life right like we 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 want to cross over the bridge the threshold and and then we live in fear of w- what would people think about me or what if Jesus isn't there for me or what what happens if i if i if i do make a step forward or i go to confession or go back to mass or if i really just surrender my life to Christ or if i talk to someone about my faith we have all these excuses in our heads and i think the enemy speaks into that is like and god's not going to be there for you you know, he's gonna leave you abandoned and stranded. And that's not true. Uh and the only way to like do that is what we had talked about, like with the disciples, you know, is like they move from this fear based mentality that now that with the spirit they, they moved out into the life that God called them to, right? Wow. The only way to do it is to just to to surrender, to move forward, to risk, to jump you know mm-hmm. to make that leap uh and god's always going to take care of us sort of peter walking on water then he sinks it's not like jesus is like oh man you idiot and throws him a life raft or no he <laughs> he sticks his hand out and pulls him up
1: embraces mm-hmm. him right so it sounds like step 1 could be pretty tough
0: step 1 i think is the toughest sur- the surrender the risk mm-hmm. the vulnerability to let go of control right that's scary is there a step two?
1: Ooh. Let's say that all goes well, and it's it's time to go on the journey. We're all on board. <clears throat> We're humble. We're admitting our faults. We're vulnerable. Now what?
0: Well, w- whether it be in a marriage or in spiritual life with Christ, you know, not to s- put a cheesy word on this, but like a, a more of an image, maybe I can put to it: mm-hmm. uh, stay in the embrace. Mm-hmm. like of, of Christ, like in the chocolate, stay in the chocolate, like just l- let Jesus carry you, like stay in the embrace, abide, in the intimacy and mm-hmm. in abiding remaining. And, and, and the same thing to
1: that, yeah. Like w-
0: when we have even small troubles in our own marriage, like what is it? It feels like there's disunity, right? And, and, and marriage is, is like building this unity with the other in, in a sense, like staying in the embrace of each other uh, emotionally, you know? Physically, so like in Christ, it's like, just stay in the embrace. Like, let Jesus carry you, remain in him, you know, and that, and then all the steps with that is like through prayer, through the sacraments, through, you know, mass, through through all all those things that give us the grace to stay in the
1: embrace. Mm. The grace to embrace. Yeah. Sounds like a, sounds like a something, huh? All right. So I'm going to review my notes here. We've got step one, own up to your stuff with humility as best you can. Step two, be faithful to abiding in this relationship with the Lord. Well, I'd say
0: step two would be surrender.
1: Surrender. Okay, so step three is abiding. Step three would be abiding. One, own up. Two,
0: surrender. Yeah. Three, abide. And surrender is like jump, leap, risk. Right. Mm -hmm. Let go. Give up control. Give up control. Man. And then like what? What happens when you jump? Somebody catches you. A parachute opens, right? Mm -hmm. And in our mind, we're thinking, no one's going to catch me. The parachute's not going to open. But the reality is in, in Christ is both of those things are true. The parachute opens and God catches us. So in the surrender, then we, we just let the Lord catch us and stay in the embrace. Like that's where we live. We live in the embrace. And anytime we sin in our life, what is it? It's distant from God. Like I've left the embrace of God. I have mm-hmm. I have forgotten that he loves me. Therefore, I reach for something that's going to satisfy me, Right? Some type of fulfillment that's outside of God—that's sin, is it mm-hmm, not? You mm-hmm. know, this small little thing or comfort or big thing, whatever—it's going
1: to fill this need in my heart in the moment, and you're like, nah, it just didn't. You know, it didn't satisfy me. And I guess that's the art of abiding—is that you learn to be satisfied with Him. Yes. And if you don't, you will be distracted one day, for sure,
0: right? And the, and what keeps us in that embrace, right? Like that's the this, this, in a sense step four.
1: Okay, okay.
0: Is what we're talking about, like remaining in prayer, in the sacraments. Matt, like those grace-filled things that keep us and remind us of the grace. Like my spiritual director for years and years always reminded me every time I would go see him because I think I always failed at this. He would say, you need to remember what God has done. Like look back at the past. Mm -hmm. So remember those embraces that God has so that you don't forget it today. Remember. So what is... What is prayer? What, what are the sacraments do? They remind us of who God is. They remind us of God's grace, God's love, and therefore, when we're reminded, we stay in the embrace. Man. We don't leave. Because we would say to ourselves, why would I leave this?
1: Right. You right? only leave if you forget.
0: Right. You ever had like a, just an amazing meal at a restaurant? Yeah. And you're just like, I don't want to leave. Yeah. Like, why do I want to go Pretty home? Pretty much
1: every day night with my wife.
0: You yeah. ever go on vacation? Oh, yeah. And you're just like, why do I want to go back?
1: Yep. I could, I could totally live here. I could know? live
0: here. And w- that's what we tell ourselves. So, so, so like, imagine that in a in relationship with God, right? Like, why would we want to leave? Well, <clears throat> we start looking at other options. Mm-hmm. But, like, there's no better option than the embrace of God.
1: Man. so It's a good nerding out segment. Y- yeah, Can I had no idea where you were going on that. That's right. Well, that's the fun of nerding out is that you basically ask the person to write a little book in real time. Yep. And uh this this is a great book. Well, let's call it uh Grace Fighting Through the Embrace. <laughs> yeah, Grace for Embrace <laughs> by Paul George. Uh step 1, own your stuff. Be real, hum, humble, vulnerable. 2, surrender to God. Mm-hmm. Give give him control of the whole situation. Yep. 3, abide mm-hmm. and be faithful to abiding in his presence and then 4, remember
0: Yep, what through, he's done through prayer and sacraments, man.
1: Okay, all are right. you well. going to write this book or no? No,
0: but uh, <laughs> he's like, <laughs> but you can. I've done two of these. You get uh, my next book. I'm already thinking about, but uh, I don't want to pass up this book, Holy Grit. Right. Go to holygrit.org. You got to. And if you type in actually group grit all caps, you get a discount. Buy the book. Yeah, I mean, why not? It, it's it's really. Really, a good book for men, men. It is a good book, and my wife read it and she loves it. Do you feel funny saying it's a good book? Well, I mean, I'm just the here's here's why I have so much confidence. It's not so much what I wrote; it's
1: the lives of the saints in each chapter. That's what I'm talking about. So if
0: I say it's a bad book, I'm like their lives <laughs> sucked. <laughs> there you go. And I'm like, that's that's a total slap in the face. Well, can me. I
1: say that it's a good book for what you brought to it too? Can I say that? I mean, that doesn't matter to me. So. I, and I look, I feel no pressure in saying that. I don't have to say that. You don't but I'm saying it because I've read it and it's a great book. So right. People should get it.
0: Well, I'm hungry. Let's go to lunch. <laughs> Love you guys. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back next week. God bless.